Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Bride Wars, which came out in 2009 and it holds a 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I have issue with. Sure, we'll get there. Maybe the lowest Rotten Tomatoes of any movie we've done. I don't think that's true. Something had like a four. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past or that terrible Ben Affleck one were both under 11. My issue is that the proposal had 45. Fascinating. My issue is that this movie has the antics I wanted from the proposal that did not deliver on. Yeah. This movie delivered on the antics. I wonder if this movie suffers from some of what practical magic suffers from in that people don't really know how to categorize it since it once again is not a rom-com because it's not a rom-com and i mean it's a comedy obviously but like i'm not sure we have a whole lot of like female-led comedies that aren't rom-coms i also think like i think you're still about hot women i think you're right and about like weddings i mean it's bridesmaids like bridesmaids is the other one right um i also think like it's not a rom-com so there are three men but none of them are there for us to attach onto or to have stories of their own like there is no ryan reynolds in this movie there are three men that are at best tertiary mm-hmm. um so it's not really a rom-com but it's also like i wonder if there was some like and then we're going to talk a lot about um ingrained what am i looking for internalized internalized sexism when we talk about in hathaway um but i wonder if there's some internalized sexism of like a chick movie about a wedding like how lame and then there's like overt sexism from men thinking the same thing and also like not having a male character to identify with Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna stand here and say that this is a perfect movie i i think 11 percent is an insanely low score for a movie that made me laugh consistently yeah it stars we did not even touch on this it holds an 11 percent. it came out in 2009 it stars kate hudson anne hathaway candace bergen june diane raphael casey wilson uh chris pratt the guy from reba whose name i will never ever learn brian greenberg uh, the mad about you guy, his name I will learn because, oh, that last scene when he's talking to Kate Hudson and mm, mm. John Pankow is that actor's name. Never in a million years would I have he's gotten from there. mad about you, right? Yeah, no, you're right. He's definitely from mad about you would never, ever, ever have got to his name. He plays Anne Hathaway's father and Kate Hudson's parents in this have passed. And so on her wedding day, he like goes in and says like, I'm going to offer you a pearl of wisdom from my generation. And I know that like my dearly departed friends would want. And like, I was like, I'm out. This is it. Thank you. I (laughs) cannot. It was beautiful. Um, It's directed by Gary Winnick and written by Greg DePaul, Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael. Yes. Two people we've gone on record that we are fans of. Mm Mm-hmm. 
We've seen them before on this podcast. We've seen June Diane. Never seen Casey. We've not seen Casey Wilson on this podcast. You are correct. Um, we've gone so far as to say this is a June Diane Raphael stand podcast. It's true. True. Um, Still true. Still true. Carrie, what were your predictions? And what's your? I think this is a movie where I like. I think we should talk about what is your like touchstone of this movie. Why is this movie important to you? Um, so I don't know what my predictions were. Um, I mean, I knew it came out in 2009, so I assumed it would have problems. I think Um, I forgot about how just how glaring the main and maybe only problem of this movie is. You should say what that is. It's the the entire storyline of how Anne Hathaway is sabotaging Kate Hudson's wedding as she's like sending her, uh, sugary or carby foods cookies butter club Mm -hmm. all these things so that she gains weight because when she was younger she was heavier the butter club joke though kills me is fucking hilarious also his her fiance's reaction to she thinks he's sending her all these things and she's like you have to stop sending me these things like i'm already fit to my wedding dress and there's some line about how like you don't alter a vera to fit you you alter yourself to fit a vera which like i'm pretty sure you can alter it but what do i know this is also (laughs) before like vera like had a line at like target and walmart or whatever it was like among the normies her like sweet sweet fiance is like there's a butter of the month club (laughs) sitting around eating different international sticks of butter and i was like like, that sounds honest i literally follow a guy on tiktok who just makes different flavors of butter it was so funny we really should find out his name because i know we're gonna refer to him as like handsome dopey guy but he has some of the better lines in this movie Uh, like guy from rita steve howie not if you gave me a million dollars Honestly, I true story. I think I would have gotten to Steve Howie before I would have gotten to John Pankow or whatever. Wait, is he not the guy from Reba? No, he definitely is the guy from Reba. It's not because I also he looks like um a younger Jerry O'Connell to me. So I wanted to be like, "Mm, that's not Jerry O'Connell. Wow, I don't see it, but okay. Or he has a brother that was the guy from reba and i get them confused no he's from reba okay it's like what are you talking about you thinking of the brothers from seventh heaven okay brothers who's the second the the brothers one married beverly mitchell and the other one oh i thought you meant like the brothers in the family no no there's twins who played twins on you'd recognize them they show up i don't in remember the storyline in seventh heaven okay that's fine but anyway it's unimportant. unimportant not relevant to the conversation His of pride wars name is steve howie and he so he chris he plays kate hudson's fiance chris pratt kate plays anne hathaway's fiance and brian greenberg plays kate hudson's brother who's spoiler alert falls in love with anne hathaway because chris pratt showed us who he was right from the start um, um, I think, and like, it's implied that he's been in love with Anne Hathaway. Yes. At one point he says, and the scene where he's like, how are you feeling? And she's like, a man hasn't asked me that in literally years. Take off your clothes. Um, He says like, he literally says like, I missed my chance or something. Right. Yeah. In a very swoony way. Um, 
yeah that's one of the moments in the movie where i was like this movie is better written than 11 percent is giving it credit for because literally the last scene so we have this scene between chris pratt and anne hathaway where you know she's dealing with like the stress of a wedding and not talking to her best friend like not talking to her best friend having this argument with her ongoing argument with her best friend she none of this is like the way that she imagined she's also going through some personal growth about like not allowing people to walk all over her and not being a people pleaser and he's basically like I don't want your I don't want your feelings like I like it when you're like happy go lucky nice girl who doesn't like rock the boat and then like cut to maybe not the next scene but like shortly thereafter then we have her interacting with Brian Greenberg and like he clocks that she's struggling almost immediately and is like what's going on tell me your feelings and she says I'm fine and he's like fine's not a feeling and he really like not forces her but like encourages her to like explain what's going on and that juxtaposition is very nicely done especially because like the slow burn I think there's a very well written slow burn of Chris like at the beginning that Chris Pratt proposal scene is very sweet Mm -hmm. he says like and it's very it shows like what her relationship is versus Kate Hudson's like Kate Hudson is a high-powered lawyer she's marrying an investment banker they have money they it's showy it's in a tiffany's box everything seems like i think what we would equate to sort of false love she and chris pratt they get engaged watching american idol while eating fortune cookies it's humble it's small it feels what we equate as sort of like more real or genuine love and Mm -hmm. the reality is we get to see this through very good writing kate hudson and her sweet dopey fiance whose name i've already forgotten have a very loving equal caring relationship they know exactly who the other person is he knows she's high maintenance anxious sort of self-involved and those are things he loves about her chris pratt doesn't know who Anne hathaway is because she doesn't really know who she is and as Mm -hmm. she becomes who she is he doesn't love it so then to have two scenes next to each other one with this person she's been with for a long time but then juxtaposed against this person who's known her her entire life who then says like yes I do want to know what you're thinking and feeling it's okay to have all of these emotions it's just like a very good like oh it's that guy because he's not really Mm -hmm. ever presented as a possible love interest until the end he's just Kate Hudson's brother Mm -hmm. until the end we're like oh bang bang right yeah it's clear like in earlier scenes that because we know we know from the beginning that he doesn't and Anne Hathaway have grown up together and it's clear in earlier scenes that like Anne Hathaway and because of that Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson's brother have grown up together and so like they're friends and they know each other and they're close but we don't realize until later like he's been harboring this crush on her Bridewood is a movie about <laughs> never are we right. ever gonna just do it in any sort of we've never will we write an outline Mm-mm. bride wars is about two best friends who both of their dream is to get married uh at the plaza in june they get engaged around the same time they go meet marion st Clair, the wedding planner played by candace bergen bergman um bergen. played by candace bergen <laughs> Um, who gives them at first two different dates but then there's a mix-up with another june bride played by casey wilson and they end up 
through movie trickery and like mistakes having their wedding set on the same day neither are willing to change it it's the it's kate hudson's parents anniversary so it's a special date to her since her parents are gone and anne hathaway feels like she's been walked all over her whole friendship and kate hudson just expects her to change it and she's not willing to do it and she's sort of like egged on by chris pratt chris pratt says some mean shit about kate hudson in this movie that like if your partner said about your best friend i would cut off their appendage and like not just once and like i think no, the, it's regular and the thing is like at, i think when it first happens the again like it's a very subtle thing but like the first time that he talks shit about kate hudson wow really just blocked on her name um emma and live live is kate, kate hudson, hudson. right um he is doing it because Anne Hathaway is talking shit about her like Anne Hathaway is mad and so she's like venting and so it's almost like he's being supportive but it's like a step too far mean and then even in the moments when she's not talking shit about her or she's talking about how she misses her or he still is keeping at it and so again, it's this sort of like progression of like, oh, he's not just commiserating with his fiance who's pissed. And truthfully, even in the moments when like your person is venting about someone, you don't need to like join them in the shit talking. You know what I mean? Like that. There's a difference between like women being frustrated with their friends and probably men. There's a difference between a person being frustrated with their closest friend and venting to their partner and their partner talking shit about that friend. Correct. There or are like things, a family member or whatever. Like, yeah. Correct. There are things like, I get to say this, you do not. Right. Um, and that is, and that is like well done in the, whenever we see Kate Hudson complaining to sweet dopey man, he's always like, you guys got to fix this. That's your, mm-hmm. and at one point she's like crying and he's, and she says, I feel so alone. And he said, I'm here for you. And then like, she looks at him and he's like, I know that's not enough. I know you need her. Like very understanding, not, like not an asshole about it at all like not like why aren't I enough Where, which like is sort of the Chris Pratt like feeling of it he's sort of like I understand that you also need this person and how hard this must all be without and it's really sweet and it's really understanding and it's really like he is written as a very emotionally intelligent good partner in a way that Chris Pratt is straight not mm-hmm. and like that's a good juxtaposition yeah yeah uh, yeah there's a lot of like very good subtle writing that makes the 11% feel and like these two women are both Oscar winners, Oscar nominees. One of them's a winner. One of them's a nominee. They're like, these are not bad actresses. They're also very, very funny. Act- Cause you can have like good dramatic actresses who suck at comedy and neither of these women are it. This is where Kate Hudson should live. I want her in mid aughts rom-coms with antics all the time this reminded me of the best parts of how to lose a guy in 10 days which is her being anticky mm-hmm. almost like she has in her the genes of the greatest comedic actress that's ever lived mm-hmm. and yeah so, and like, there's also like their relationship is w- written so well i sometimes i get 
I, as I was watching this, I was like, I get this friendship confused with, because this is like something borrowed era Kate Hudson. So I get like that duo confused with this duo at times. And in that, like, they're not good friends to each other. They're horrible friends to each other. And they don't have a very, at least from what I remember, and I'm also basing it on the book, like they don't have a relationship that I identify with. Whereas this relationship. What? I watched that movie six months ago. (laughs) We watched it the night before. The night before Erica and George got married. Me, Erica, George's younger sister, and her boyfriend were staying in the, a room together in the Airbnb, and we, like, came home from the rehearsal dinner. You can keep the story in. We came home from the rehearsal dinner, like, tipsy. We did our skincare. We got ready for bed, and we were, like, getting into bed, and I think Rochelle, George's little sister, was like, we should put on, like, a wedding movie to fall. We were like, let's put on something to fall asleep to, and Rochelle was like, we should put on, like, a wedding movie, so we scrolled, scrolled, scrolled through Netflix. <laughs> First one we found was something borrowed, and I was like, this is what we're doing. So did I watch it all? No, I fell asleep. It's not good. And you're right. Like the central friendship is not the one of the things this movie does very well, very quickly is give us their friendship very quickly. It's established very well before they start fighting so that you want these two friends to get back together. We're in something borrowed. It's just like these two women, neither of them are good people and they both hate each other. And you're like, Mm -hmm. great. I don't want either of you to do anything ever. Like, and why, why is John Krasinski there? Like, it's very, it's not well done. In a way that this movie in like maybe 15 minutes is like, here are two best friends. You're going to want them to be best friends at the end of this movie, except now you're not going to see them together for most of it. And it's, and you're going to, and you're going to want that. Right. It's like very economical storytelling. Yeah. There's also like, there's, there's a, an aspect of the Kate Hudson character where like, she's very buttoned up she's very uptight we know this about her she's not a super emotional person but this this movie tells us very quickly like how much she loves emma um like she it you know we know that there's this financial difference between the two of them and she buys emma this like very expensive shirt that she had been wanting and um she's like just say thank you like it's fine like I don't want to hear it like just say thank you and then there's also a scene where they're wedding dress shopping and Emma's like well I'm gonna wear my mom's dress like I feel like I need to wear my mom's dress and Kate Hudson is like um is that your dream or hers like she just she knows her friend so well she knows her friend better than like she then she knows herself or then her friend knows herself and she's not like an overly emotional person although that is like her growth journey um but we know she loves this person deeply well and that's the other thing that i think and i think it's it's either in a scene with brian greenberg who plays her brother or with her fiance where she says like i thought if i could keep everything together if i could do everything right this also explains the food issues where if we had like just leaned into that i'd be like hell yeah girl same if she could just do everything controlled and measured and right nothing bad would ever happen again which is a very very common reaction to going through the trauma of losing your parents or to having like an absent parent is if I can do everything correctly, nothing bad can ever happen again. 
and that's like written into the character it's written into her issues with food her issues with control her like it's written so clearly in there it's like such a like well-written character that then she's finally able to let these emotions out and be okay with the fact that she gained five pounds jesus christ before she got married his reaction to also like her being like i gained five pounds is also like who gives a shit let the dress out like they do have him have a very good like i don't like very good like i don't give a shit what your body looks like reaction to an albeit semi-problematic storyline um i forget where i was going with this just that like her her emotional journey is like I'm gonna let things not be okay I'm gonna let things not be perfect I'm gonna let like the people around me who love me Anne Hathaway my brother my fiance Anne Hathaway's father I'm gonna let these people take care of me Mm -hmm. and it's nice yeah and Kate Hudson plays it very well because she's a good actress yeah so is Anne Hathaway great legging maker well great legging I don't know about Anne Hathaway's ability to make leggings Carrie I'm not willing to give her that yet true fair point well she hasn't tried just like she, kate hudson, she could be great at it <laughs> kate hudson and lizzo really that those are the only leggings i can speak to um i think yizzies are part of fabletics i think you can get yizzies on fab i think they're owned because i was on fabletics skipping my month the other day and it was like check out some yizzies and i was like i do want to it's yiddy with a t not a z thank uh, god because yizzy sounds so dirty <laughs> <laughs> Kristen Johnson's in this movie. She's very funny. She's super funny. She's always so funny. She's someone that should be in more things. She's like a formative person of our childhood, I feel like, because of two things. Third Rock from the Sun and the episode of Sex and the City where she uh, falls out a window. Sure, sure. She's, that character's based on somebody. You're thinking of the character based on Dorinda Medley. No. Hold on. This is not relevant to this conversation, but. But if you want to hear further thoughts on Sex and the City, we do have a Patreon and we did discuss and just like that, where the character based on Durinda Medley does show up. And the proceeds of our Patreon for the next two months are going to um, Kentucky Women's Health Justice, which is a Kentucky abortion fund. So Chris Pratt has one funny line. Um <laughs> This is back, to be fair, this is back when we thought Chris Pratt was funny. Like, this is back before yeah. Parks and Rec, like, bef- like post-Everwood, pre-Parks and Rec. He hadn't gotten hot yet. He hadn't turned Republican yet. Like, it was all fine. No, no. And the, to be fair, like, the character is not really supposed to have funny lines. Like, but in the scene where they are taking dance lessons and she's like, well, Marion St. Clair said that, like, your first dance, like conveys to communicates to the the world like what your couple style is and he's like naturally i'm very concerned with our couple style and that did his delivery like his chris pratt it felt like a very um andy delivery of his it was a very natural i do think chris pratt's a fine actor like i think like i don't think that's not fair chris pratt's a very good actor i just don't like him as a person (laughs) right and that is that did feel like uh like how a dude would respond to that or how like a person who didn't care would respond to that it's a well-written line it was delivered well i can be neutral about chris pratt the only thing that i that i don't think holds up in 2022 is the storyline of let's get a woman fat before her wedding that's the worst thing that could happen to a woman Mm -hmm. um and i think especially because this movie is written by two women that you and i so admire it's like a tough thing 
to to it's like oh you sometimes your heroes don't do things the greatest way you want I also think like we have to remember that like Casey Wilson was publicly fired from Saturday Night Live and it was like announced that it was because she was too fat like I think even at the time like I have so much empathy for the way she was treated by the media the way we treat not fat people like the way we treat people who are like slightly bigger because I don't think there's any there's no no one would describe Casey Wilson as fat (laughs) like Mm -mm. we're just the way we treat people who are slightly bigger than most actresses and so I wrote a bunch of thoughts on this but first I'm going to read a passage from her book the Wreckage of My Presence, which came out in 2021. The other benefit we have of this is this movie was written in 2009. These women have continued to work and write. And so we have their words from one year ago and we're like, and you can look at it and say, oh, look, growth. So I'm going to read you. Ready for story time? Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I flashed to a scene from my childhood. My brother Fletcher and I and a couple of my girlfriends have settled in to watch Allie McBeal with my mom. We can't find the remote, but my mom spots it across the room in front of the TV. She has to bend down very low in order to grab it and her pants split. And I laugh. It happens so quickly and is so unexpected. Tears spring to her eyes and she runs upstairs. I follow her and stand helplessly while she wails from the bed. You laughed at me. You were all laughing at me. I will never forget the look on her face. I've made peace with most of my regrets, including being let go from Saturday Night Live, but not this one. As proud as I am of my millennial status, I wish to God I were part of the body positive generation. Lord love them. I am inspired by these young upstarts who celebrate their bodies and don't give a good goddamn fuck what anyone else thinks. I am so envious because I started off that way. In middle school and even high school, I had confidence for days. But as I got older, I was swiftly taught by the barbers of the world that not only should I not feel confident, but I should in fact feel embarrassed about my body. Apologetic, ashamed of the wreckage I carried around with me and ever eager to please, I fell in line, which makes me sad. But I try and forgive myself as I hope my mom has forgiven me for laughing and as I have forgiven Barbara and I hope younger women will forgive me and even younger women will forgive them and so on and so forth. I think it's very easy to be where you and I are right now and to say like, we have all these resources we have. This is not a movie that touches on body acceptance or fat liberation in any way, shape or form. And it doesn't do either of those things justice. And it's very easy for you and I to watch this movie as two people who have worked very hard on our own body acceptance. And also we're trying to learn about fat liberation movements and cringe at these moments because they are cringy and they do not hold up. And I am not in any way like forgiving it. But I have a lot of empathy for the generations of people who came before us who didn't have those resources and who weren't part of this like wider body acceptance movement. And so, I mean, like I did Whole30 in 2018. Like this is newer for you and I. It's definitely newer for generations before us. And I I Mm -hmm. certainly don't want to forget that like fat women and women of color have been doing this for a lot longer and we're benefiting from their teachings at this point. But like our learning about this is a moving target. I would not have recognized in 2009 that this was a problem. Mm-hmm. When I got sick and people complimented my weight loss, I accepted that compliment and I liked it. And I still struggle with shit because of a fear of gaining weight. I just have so much empathy for the women who wrote this movie, for the characters in this movie, and for people still struggling with it, that it doesn't feel like a thing to be like, 
fuck this movie. It's not body positive. It's not, but it's also like, wow, look at how far we've come. Look at how far we still have yet to go. Mm-hmm. Can we now watch this shit and be grateful it's getting better? I do not believe this movie would be written today. And that would be part of the storyline. Or it would be written in a very different, like she would have been formerly chubby and it would be written in a very different way. Yes. Yeah, I don't have a problem with like she was formerly chubby or that she has food issues or that she stress eats. Like Same. I'm fine with all of that. The The issue is that the way that her best friend sabotages her is by trying to force her to gain weight um it's a you know it's akin to the regina george doesn't fit into anything but her sweatpants storyline right like oh god there's nothing worse that that could happen um and you know i do think that there is a level to which the you know, her concern about not gaining weight or the, you don't, you know, you don't alter Vera to fit you, you alter yourself to fit Vera, sort of like the repeat of that line. You know, some of that is satire and of like the wedding industry and the way in which the wedding industry has like corrupted our brains. Um, And so like, I'm fine with keeping all of that kind of stuff. It's- it's the um the involvement the mean- of like Anne Hathaway and like the meanness about it. It's the mean spirited. I'm gonna make her chubby because that right will ruin her wedding. Right. Yeah. That's that's the that's the bridge too far. And again, like I don't think that would exist today. I don't. Uh, yeah. I just. I do think, and I think. I think we said this before we were on mic that like they never put Kate Hudson in. She is supposed to have gained weight throughout the movie. They never put her in a fat suit. It's completely implied. Mm-hmm. Partially because I think like the amount of weight she was supposed to have gained is minuscule. We like, also don't get any a- like flashbacks to her in a fat, you know, like no. none of that. No, it is all, it's all for like a movie that's pretty antiquey and um, like goofy. It's all done very like grounded and smart and like kind Mm -hmm. but there's also the thing of like the biggest fear for this like thin conventionally attractive white woman is that she will not be thin anymore right which is indicative of the time it's indicative of many many women's fears and also i hope we're moving past it yeah and i think it's nice that we can read that passage of that book and be like okay at least and we are moving past it yeah um speaking of like you don't alter vera to fit you you fit you alter yourself to fit vera <laughs> like kate hudson oh when her fiance is like just let the dress out and she says um she repeats that line and then she says like <laughs> and she says what did boys learn in school <laughs> it's, it's a very so, funny movie it's so and her delivery is so funny kate hudson is so funny and I appreciate that she's, you know, done acting. Is she done acting? No, I guess she's still acting. But she just got announced that she's going to be in something. And whatever it is, I'm going to watch it. Um, 
you know, I appreciate that she's making leggings. I like her leggings, but I do need her in in more hijinksy rom com kind of movies. The other way we like this woman's appearance is very particular to her. So we're going to fuck with her appearance before the wedding is they accidentally dye her hair blue, which is like very funny. And also like side note, Kate Hudson can pull it off. I'm like, just go with the blue hair. You look great. You know what Kate Hudson can't pull off? Whatever wig they had her in. The bangs are just. It's a wig. I think she was wearing a wig this entire movie. I think big budget rom-coms need to allot some of that money to better wigs. It drives me crazy. (laughs) We're June Diane Raphael in the long shot all over again. (laughs) These beautiful women deserve good wigs. Just, yeah. This is the Hollywood thing I'm like. Some people want like onset, better onset safety practices. So we don't have like horrific tragedies happen. Some people want higher pay for everyone in the industry. I want good wigs. You know what, you know, what part of it is, is like hire black women to do your wigs because like we all, we all learn our wig techniques from black women anyway. Like just go to the source and, and hire some black women to be your, your wig master your wig consultants your your hairstylists your wig people yeah i'm fine with that truly um she does so she like wakes up after her bachelorette party which is supposed to i guess have been on a weekday because she wakes up and has to go to work and was on a weekday like the night before a major presentation on a weekday the night before a major presentation where she also was going to have her hair fixed at seven o'clock in the morning but because she was at her bachelorette party and got drunk which is what you do at a bachelorette party. She oversleeps and has to go do this presentation with the blue hair. And her answer, instead of just being like, they're going to think it's a style, is to take off her shirt, have her bra out under her <laughs> jacket and tie her shirt over her. I was like, you look crazier than if you had just gone in there with blue hair. Truly. Like, any of this better. <laughs> Truly. Also, I fucking love lawyers not written by lawyers because at the beginning her presentation to her these clients is like we will not be settling which is like any lawyer worth their salt would be like well maybe we'll settle for like a a decent settlement just a thought i had i wrote a scene once where lawyers talk and it was very hard for me i don't like writing things where people have to talk about things like I can't I was watching Breaking Bad last night and I'm watching a scene where he's talking about chemistry and I was like I couldn't write this I'd be like mm, chemistry talk <laughs> like but I had to write a scene and literally for months in my script was just bolded and it said lawyer talk and at one point I was like I guess I have to go back and write this <laughs> yeah it's the worst it's the worst kind of writing when you have to write things you don't know about Ugh. I get it and so like- I was fine with them being like we will not settle I was like I believe she is smart Good at her job, high powered and rich. That's what I needed to learn. Yeah. Um, in the bachelorette party scene, Anne Hathaway dances in a way that can only be described as awkward, cringy theater girl. I say that as one. I yes. I I game recognize game Anne Hathaway. Please don't dance. Yeah. Anne Hathaway indeed dances like former theater kid. Um, but it's also very funny and we all pretended that Anna Hathaway wasn't funny for a while there in the early aughts because of our internalized misogyny. Yeah, she's very funny. I mean, we should have known that Princess Diaries is funny. Yeah. Also, their chemistry is very good. Like I buy them as best friends. Yeah. She 
she fucks with Kate Hudson's hair dye. Kate Hudson fucks with her self tan, which she gets like a week before her wedding, which wouldn't happen. Those things last three days tops. But the way she fucks with herself, Dan, is by putting in a color that is called blood orange. Which is so funny because, like, why does that even exist? Well, because it's 2009 and we all used to dye our bodies orange with spray. Yes. I also think, and I don't know if this is intentional, I do think it's a clever way to not have Anne Hathaway walking around in what could appear like blackface for Mm -hmm. a third of the movie. It's a way to have her fully look like an Oompa Loompa and look ridiculous without like ever veering into a weird like we're putting her and making her appear a different race which like maybe yeah. wasn't even a thought maybe the joke was always just that she was gonna look orange but i think it's done very well yeah speaking of you said earlier that this is like a lot of this movie and a lot of the like vera wang stuff in this movie is making fun of the wedding industry and the first mm-hmm. time they sit down with candace bergen mm-hmm. she says like you've been dead until now your life starts now and like that's very clearly a joke on the way we treat weddings like a woman's life is not important and has not started until right she gets married yeah which means i'm currently dead well and also like the way like the single friends react to them getting engaged is very like my life is so sad and i because i am single the friends are the friends are very funny one of them at one point they're all like the whole thing they're like we're not taking sides like we won't be bridesmaids in either wedding like we are swiss here babe but one of them one point one of them looks at the other one and goes without taking sides i do have to say the email saved the date was tacky and i was like <laughs> i love the phrase without taking sides i do have to say because it means we're about to talk shit and I love yeah talking shit also she invites she sends out an email save the date which i agree is tacky to everyone in her address book which is like everyone who's ever emailed you so right i i've had that issue with this movie before but if you pay attention this time she's created a wedding guest list email like uh whatever i was like that'd be like everyone she worked with and lord knows you're not inviting everyone you work with to your right correct oh they can't have a um, double wedding because they're not 41 year old twin sisters I lol her delivery of that line is so funny Kate Hudson the guys are trying to convince him to have a double wedding and and Emma's Anne Hathaway's character is like I've shared everything with her my whole life I want my own day like it's very heartfelt and like know that I get one day about me which is going to be her whole arc and Kate Hudson just says what are we 41 year old twin sisters <laughs> which out as a woman on track to probably not get married until she's at least 41 hurtful but also very funny yeah at one point I think Anne Hathaway in an attempt to like get the orange color off of her takes a lemon bath and I was like that looks lovely I should that try that delightful I have a lot of uh-huh. limes. Maybe I'll take a lime bath. Why do you have a lot of limes? Oh, because you were making margaritas for your for the derby party. You were making margaritas? No. No. We weren't making anything in particular, but we had limes for gin and tonics. And I didn't realize Jeff had already bought limes. So then I was at Costco and I bought a Costco bag of limes, which like just isn't necessary ever, really. Now um, you gotta make margaritas. I've been putting them in my water every single day. And then today I froze, I sliced them up and froze some because this uh, woman on TikTok who does like bougie 
things told me I should. Yes. Did you slice them up and freeze them in an ice cube tray with water? And then you can put those ice cubes in your water. And as it melts, you'll have lime water. No, because the lady on TikTok told me that you could do it that way. But if you want like the lazy bougie way, you can just straight freeze the slices. Ugh, I don't want to. How is it not also lazy to just put them in an ice cube tray and fill up the ice? Cube well, I don't tray. have an ice cube tray except for. Ice oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that you have an ice maker in your fridge, whereas I have a white refrigerator. Here are my final remaining thoughts on this movie. There's not enough Brian Greenberg. Ever. In life. Why? I'm true. sorry. Why is he? We, we need to have another movie where he's the romantic lead. He's so hot. Prime. We should watch Prime. Um, I don't know what that is. Is he in it? I don't care. I'll watch it. It holds up. Yes, he's in it. He... We should. It's actually kind of a rom-com. It's a rom-com. He and Gwyneth Paltrow have a thing, and she's not Gwyneth Paltrow. Uma Thurman. And she's older, and he's younger, and they have, like, a a thing, and it turns out that her, that his mother is her therapist, played by Meryl Streep. I'm sorry, what is this golden gem of a movie? It's delightful. I'm about to make that my entire personality. (laughs) (laughs) What? Meryl Streep, Uma Thurman, and my husband, Brian Greenberg? Yes. He's so hot, I can't. He had a baby? Good for him. (laughs) He did have a baby. I will be that baby's stepmother. (laughs) Did not come out of him. Oh, Um, my other final thought is... um, Anne Hathaway's wedding is so ugly. I'm glad it got called off. It's It's so so ugly. Her haircut at the end to show that time has passed (laughs) is very cute. Yes. Uh, Her wedding, her mother's wedding dress is atrocious. She shouldn't have worn it. She shouldn't have done it. And even her mom's like, why'd you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, her wedding is stupid. And I'm glad she doesn't go through with it. Yeah. At the end of the movie, she doesn't go through with the wedding. She walks, live down the aisle. First of all, they first they tussle in the aisle, which you know I love. I love antics. Where the fuck were the antics when we watched goddamn the proposal? Yes, we finally get the antics. They're wrestling in the aisle. Then they make up. She walks her down the aisle. She marries her sweet handsome guy from Reba. Then at the uh, wedding, dances with Brian Greenberg, and then later we find a year later we find out they've gotten married and they're both pregnant at the same time, which made me feel like we should get a sequel we never got mm-hmm. baby wars mm-hmm. or the baby sure where the babies fight their baby shower their due dates on the same day i don't know why that would lead to a fight it'd just be like cool <laughs> i'll be a door over right i mean i will say like the things that they did to each other in this movie like no two people would like grown human women would actually do to each other but i think that also is part of the like satirical farcical like wedding industry shenanigans of this movie yeah and that it's a goofy movie it's not supposed to be like totally grounded they literally chase casey wilson around a department store while she's trying to register for things like it's it's just hilarious it's hilarious It's, it's just a goofy movie but then at the end i'm crying so like and definitely has its moments I'm sorry, because the Mad About You guy walks up to Kate Hudson and gives her a gorgeous speech about his dearly departed friends. Yeah, which I thought is, like, that's another, like, 
yes, your best friend's not at your wedding, but like also then so like her family is not at your wedding. Yeah. It's very sad. She needed her best friend there. Yeah. Which she was able to articulate to her fiance and he understood in a way Kate Hudson or in the way that Anne Hathaway couldn't to Chris Pratt. Correct. Uh, I do. There's a line from Bridesmaids where Maya Rudolph says to, I'm sure we talked about this when we talked about Bridesmaids, where Maya Rudolph says to Kristen Wiig, this has just been really hard to do without you. And I always forget if that's Bridesmaids or this movie. Yeah. Both just movies about fighting with your best friend before your wedding that we have pretended are rom-coms, but are actually movies about correct uh, strong friendship between women. Yes. Which maybe is the kind of movie I love the most. I enjoyed it. Me too. I will return to this movie regularly as I do. Um, while I'm looking it up, uh, you can join our Patreon. We're watching all of Bridgerton this month, which I am so far behind on. I have to power through some Bridgerton. I've seen it all. I got to rewatch. Um, and our Patreon earnings for the months of May and June will go to um, Kentucky Women's Health Justice, which is a Kentucky abortion fund. We don't need to get into it. Terrible things are happening around this country and we want to donate are the little money we have to organizations that will help women who want and need it get safe um, abortions. So because Carrie used to be a lawyer in Kentucky and knows just how yucky, yucky things have gotten there, that is the state we are donating to this month. But if you have other places you that are good to donate to and you would like to join our Patreon because your money will go good places, um, usually usually we spend it on keeping this podcast a thing which we very much appreciate but we're we'll uh, for the next two months we'll go towards that cause and if you have other organizations um if you are looking for a place to donate most states have abortion funds um any of the states that i think 23 states 26 states i forget the number but that um around that many states more than half of the states in the united states will uh if rose overturned abortions will immediately become illegal there they all have abortion funds you can donate to yeah even states that so like illinois is a state that is doesn't have any trigger laws and will abortion will at least for the time being remain um accessible here um but there are still abortion funds in the state of Illinois and in the city of Chicago and part of what they do is um help people provide abortions to yeah, women travel in. in from right and Missouri, support Iowa, women Indiana um support women within the state who need additional like financial and whatever support so Missouri yes. my sweatshirt is my sweatshirt I'm wearing while we record this or was wearing until I got hot is from the Missouri abortion funds yeah. And it says fund abortion, not police. It's a good sweatshirt. It's very cozy. Um, next week, we are watching To All the Boys I've Left Before. You've never seen it? Never seen I it. I mean, I'm hold sure up. The movie's from like a fucking year ago. <laughs> More than that. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll hold up. Dude. All right. So yeah, join us or join our Patreon. And in one week, you'll be able to listen to our Bridgerton episode. We're watching both seasons. And Carrie has gone on a deep dive into what we can expect from future Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. From a woman who mm-hmm. two weeks ago had no interest in Bridgerton, she's really gone to a dark place. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing about Bridgerton. Maybe I'll say I'll get into this more on the Patreon. But like the thing I like about it is like I did a deep dive for a couple of days and then like I moved on with my life. Like 
It was very invested. Well, I'm rewatching like, the first season now. I no, I don't. None of this happened. I watched the entire first season when it aired, and I'm rewatching it again, and I'm like, what a delightful little show. I don't remember right. any of it. It didn't like stick with me in any kind of way where it's like haunting my nightmares. But no, like it's the most easily digestible and sexy, sexy show of all time. Yeah, it's great. All right, so join us for more thoughts on Bridgerton. Yes, and then in two weeks, we'll be back on the main show with To All the Boys I Loved Before, and then our Patreon for that will be To All the Boys I Loved Again, or whatever the new ones are called. Right. Um, And thank you so much for listening and rating and reviewing and subscribing and for being our friends. Yes. Bye. Bye.